Welcome to the Crazy Poultrying Podcast. I am your host, Ian Guy Loco, and with me, as per usual, Mr. Nickers Chickenwood. Howdy, y'all. And finally back here, because we know he was not going to miss this review, <laughs> Mr. Nighthark. Hawk. Nighthark? <laughs> Nighthark. That is your name. No, no. If we're going to change my name, I'm going to be the bat. <laughs> Nick Fargo. <laughs> Since he screwed up my name, I'm demanding a name change to the bat. Anyway, because we all knew that you were going to be here for this. We all were going to be here for this. Sadly, somebody's not here for this, but I know he wanted to be, which was a gobbler. But easily, we're here to talk about... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but as far as early part of the year, my most anticipated movie of the year. I mean, it was mine too. I mean, it was a fair guess. I don't want to put words in your mouth though. I don't know. Maybe you were excited for I don't know what three five five, <laughs> which that'll get brought up later. <laughs> um, but yes, we're here to talk about the the whatever you want to say, Batman, directed by Matt Reeves and starring Robert Pattinson. As the Cape Crusader. Uh, so just before we dive in, uh, wanted to kind of let you guys get out. What was your anticipation going into this? So um, when I first heard the casting for Robert Pattinson, like I know a lot of people were like, oh my god, it's a sparkling vampire playing, playing a bat. And I was like, well, these people have obviously not seen what... Robert Pattinson's done since Twilight. He's been in some pretty good films, like Good Time, for example. Great film. Um, Our favorite a couple years ago, The Lighthouse. Yeah, The Lighthouse as well. That was really good, too. Um, So I was going into it with a very open mind. And when I first saw Pattinson in the suit during that first look, I was like, okay, at least he's got the chin for it. Mm -hmm. That's... That's important when you're playing Batman. You gotta have the jaw. <laughs> Strong jaw. Yeah. Um, and then, like, as I heard more and more about like the details about how this is gonna be grounded in reality, possibly even more so than um, the Nolan trilogy was, um, I was even more excited about it because you know Batman. I I get it. Like a lot of people are gonna say, "Oh, you can't relate to him. He's rich and all that." Like. He still has no powers. He's definitely one of the most, the more relatable heroes out there because he doesn't have powers. Mm-hmm. He's just very smart and um, strong by human standards. Mm-hmm. And um, I was excited about that. But I think the biggest casting choice that I was excited about was Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Like, I had instant hopes for that. Like, as soon as that casting announcement was made, I thought that was a perfect choice. And we'll get into how I felt about that later. I wasn't sure what to think going into it because I know it was uh, during a time where I wasn't too familiar with Batman in his younger days. Mm-hmm. But I definitely wanted to see. Um, what would happen and um when they cast Robert Pattinson I was one of the people that you know criticized it but that was before I saw Lighthouse and um I was pretty excited but my my biggest excitement in the movie was the casting of Paul Dano 
mm-hmm. as Riddler. I have loved him for a long time, and I after I saw uh, There Will Be Blood, I was like, oh, he has <laughs> to play. He has to play a villain at some point, and I thought he did awesome, and he looked great. Um, Zoe Kravitz, I was happy about that casting, and uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was... All I needed was the teaser, and I was like, I don't need more. I'm excited. I was like, we are coming off of the Nolan, so I kind of had that vibe-ish. Cause like, okay, well, we are going still this grounded in seriousness. But I was like, I did actually like a number of the casting choices because I was like, I like these people. I think that they're good. And uh, after seeing a few things, I still have not seen Good Time yet. I really want to, but that was like the first one where I was told Robert's really emptied up. Oh yeah. But then when I saw Lighthouse, I was like, this guy can play a psychotic person. <laughs> <laughs> so now he, so now he just probably needs to, you know, build up some muscle to be the Cape Crusader. But it looked like I, he did. I, I, I was very intrigued and happy to see how this was going to go. I was only then like, okay, three hours. <laughs> Please be worth it. And uh, was it worth it? We will get into that shortly. But uh, first I just thought about maybe diving into a little bit of the live action history just for a little bit of of how we've gotten here. Right. Because initially Batman was, you know, kind of fun, campy with the uh, Adam West show. Bam! Pow! And with that movie, you know. <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And yeah, that that had its criticism, but you know, it was enjoyable, and you know, it was suitable for kids because it was fun and stuff. But it had actually adult jokes in it too. Uh, that has become one of the biggest phrases of Batman of all time. Sometimes you can't get rid of a bomb or shark spray. <laughs> um, but but then, you know, we then dive a little bit later because people are like, mm, could we maybe try to make him a little bit dark? And Whoa. Yeah. Ads. Thank you. Ads. <laughs> Pay us. <laughs> Whatever that ad was, pay us. Um, I still have yet to watch all of that series of 69. Uh, all I know is the movie, and I have yet to even watch that all the way. But I still have mad respect, and I was like, wow. A- Adam, you made it your own, and you did not give two shits about your body, clearly. <laughs> You could see everything was him. <laughs> um, Cost me the bat repellent shark spray. <laughs> but you know, then there, then Warner Bros. was like, "We want to go a little bit more. Let, let's try to test something." So then they hired somebody to bring in some darkness. Let's say.
Batman 1989. Oddly enough, came out a few months before I was born. <laughs> Obviously, an iconic score from uh, Danny Elfman, who works with Tim Burton a lot. Yeah. He, he became basically his right-hand man, his Alfred, if you want to say. <laughs> I guess you could say that. I mean, if you... I guess Johnny Depp would be Tim Burton's Robin or something like that. Yeah, sure. Well, wait, actually, sorry, going on a tangent here. Um, you could say that Michael Keaton was his Dick Grayson, and then uh, Johnny Depp was his Jason Todd, and we haven't really gotten his uh, yeah. Tim Drake yet. Um, but that brought Batman into like the mainstream. It, Got a lot of attention, a lot of critics praising it. In fact, that was the start of the tradition of if Joker is in Batman movie, it will get an Oscar because <laughs> I won Best Production Design. Uh, I have grown up with that. It's still one of my all-time favorites, um, even with the fact of, yes, there are some changes. I'm fine with that. it. It's good enough to me. Uh, so then... <laughs> They're like, yeah, you gave us a big blockbuster. I think it was like either number two or three that year. Because I know that number one was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Which, yes, not a bad thing to, to lose to. Um, so they're like, hey, Tim Burton, you now can do whatever. You can get the sequel. They, they may start to regret it a little bit. Batman Returns, which, Nick, if you remember when we talked about Tim Burton movies, that was your personal favorite of his. Yep. Um, and a lot of people have said that they actually, this is actually their favorite Batman movie. Um, but here's the thing, that is so dark and twisted, it ruined <laughs> Warner Brothers for Happy Meal toys and selling stuff because they didn't <laughs> want people to think of the penguin biting somebody's nose off. <laughs> Or even causing sexual harassment. <laughs> I mean, what, you don't want, like, a, a penguin toy with nose-biting action? I mean, also... Squeeze do, its legs together, and then, like, its mouth will, like, clamp. And also, do we really want to have something where it's a politician being sexually harassed to people? I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's realistic. I mean, that was the joke. Exactly. Um, and... I mean, I've even come teach those kids a lesson. I've even come around to the thought of I do like Danny DeVito's as Penguin, but it was a little too dis disgusting at points. A little bit, yeah. Um, but Michelle Pfeiffer was iconic to me as Catwoman. I still love Michael Keaton as Batman. Uh, but after that, Warner Brothers was like, uh, Tim, we lost probably a lot of merchandise money because of this, so. You're not going to get the next one, but we'll keep you on for production in the next one. And because we want that to be more kid friendly, bright and colorful. Oh boy. And I mean, th this also, though, was one of the 
first ones where we actually did a rotten eggs review Mm -hmm. and it basically covered that entire movie we spent (laughs) literally two hours talking about this this movie right here Batman Forever, <laughs> um, a huge hit. It it made Warner Brothers a lot of money. It was very easy to digest. Uh, it made feel a lot of money too. Yeah, the, the soundtrack alone brought them a lot of money. It's a very good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Kiss from a Rose. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for a while I was like, I grew up with that one a lot because I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. Uh, in fact, I just grew up with all these Batman movies, um, and I was always the one kind of saying, you know what, it's not great, but I kind of respect that it felt like it was trying to be a little bit serious at some points. I thought Val Kilmer was okay as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Then when we did our review, after I watched it two times, I was like, you know, this is kind of boring sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Nicole Kidman's character, all she wants to do is bang Batman. <laughs> that Correct. one could look up in the sky. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was at least two or three times. You're just like, not oh, here, just blowing the wind. Yeah. Uh, but a- a- as I said, that made Warner Brothers a whole lot of money. So they were then like, Hey, Joel, you want to stay on and just go ape shit with the next one? <laughs> and How about it? And what some people might say, we are in the darkest time of Batman. Some people actually might say that this is the darkest timeline of Batman. Boys, there's a storm coming. Infamous Rotten Eggs that we did, where we literally talked about the whole movie. And again, it might be longer than forever, but we actually came around. This is actually more entertaining. Which before that, I did not think so. But then the Arnold one-liners. Got yes, me. Arnold. Arnold. <laughs> they got me. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Arnold knew what movie he was in, and he got top billing, and he was paid twenty-five million to be in this movie. And that's $25 million back in 1997. Yeah, true. So that's a lot. Which today, who, know, who the hell knows how much that's yeah. worth. Probably well, triple. If they heard, yeah, this person got paid $25 million. Okay. I mean, probably a 
what, probably second or third billing, probably could get away with that now if it was a superhero movie. But he knew what he was in, and he, I, he was just having fun. Uh, he, he did bring a few things in there where we were like, okay, come on, man. <laughs> like the cigar. <laughs> oh, yeah. He told them he had to have a cigar. I'm also, like, can we talk about the fact that some of the things that they did to Batman, like the bat nips... Oh, we we spent like I think tw- almost fifteen minutes talking about the fact that Joel Schumacher just wanted to do something to Batman, uh, and when a I bat re- credit card. When I rewatched it, I was like, "Yeah, we can talk about the bat credit card," but in the beginning, we're almost in Batman's ass. True, <laughs> and Batgirl didn't have nips. Yeah, the one that should have probably, but that had a whole other thing with Alfred that drove us crazy. Also, like. <laughs> Also, like, they say she's Alfred's niece and that she's from London, but yet she has, like, the most American accent I've ever heard. I was like, oh, that's a very deep British accent, like. Mm-hmm. So, Batman then has to go on hiatus because that did not do well. That did not critically do well. And everybody said, you killed Batman, Joel. Why did you do that? Which Joel has actually now a po- he apologized before he passed away, rest in peace. And George Clooney constantly talks about, yeah, I was a shitty Batman, and it, uh, I can't not say that, because if he is actually the one that says, I think I was good, he can't then talk shit about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on, so Batman goes on hiatus, and then, you know, we then hear about a certain director bringing up, he's going to try to bring it back, back into the fold. As long as it takes to show the people of Gotham their city doesn't belong to the criminals and the corrupt. Chris? Chris Schultz? You've gone a long time. I know. Things are worse than ever down here. What chance does Gotham have when the good people do nothing? Christopher Nolan brought Batman Begins, and he brought Batman back into the mainstream, and back to critical claim and box office-wise, because uh, they're like, Batman needs to be grounded in realism again, uh, and that was his goal. He wanted to make him feel as real as possible. Um, I, I really enjoy the movie. It's one of, definitely one of my favorites of all the Batman movies, mm-hmm. um, and going to try to not try to talk so much about it because that's another conversation involving all the Batman movies. But yeah, that brought him back. And, you know, Chris, Christopher Nolan was like, I'm going to make a very good superhero movie, but I'm going to make it, you know, feel real and stuff. And I'm going to introduce this villain and maybe this other one, but, you know, I'm going to do a tease at the very end <laughs> to set up the next one. And boy, uh, was that a really big tease. And then we got the Dark Knight. So what are you proposing? It's simple. Kill the Batman. 
Here's my card. And once again, continued when Joker is in a DC movie, wins an Oscar because Heath Ledger one best supporting actor and whether he died or not i i think he deserved it i agree completely rest in peace though um so then we get probably the most divisive one lately especially of the three and that was dark knight rises <laughs> the mayor's been dumping this spring really Ooh. but he's a hero a war hero. This is peacetime. You think this can last? There's a storm coming, Mr. Mike. You and your friends better batten down the hatches. Because when it hits me, you're all going to wonder how you ever thought you could live so large and leave so little for the rest of us. I sang the praise for a long time for this, and I'm like, I'm kind of down a little bit. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a little long, and I feel it. Um, so that was the last live action we had. Um, I will say, though, like with The Dark Knight Rises, there were aspects of that story that I really did enjoy. Um, Bruce rediscovering himself after being a recluse for a long time, and... Um, there was a lot of symbolism, especially in that pit, like the bats flying out of the cavern, mm-hmm. meaning like, oh, he's really the Batman again. And um, I enjoy symbolism like that quite a bit. And um, it really touched on the uh, quote from Batman Begins, Why Do We Fall? And I think that deserves some praise right there. There are and- issues that I undoubtedly have with The Dark Knight Rises, but... I still think that it's a solid film. Well, another discussion for another time. Uh, also, are we not going to discuss Batfleck? Well, that's a tricky thing because that's involving Justice League. And again, that's something I want to save for another podcast where we're talking about all the different Batmans. Okay. Um, but then we come to this one as far as... This is a true Batman movie and stuff. This isn't setting up the Justice League. This isn't continuing on from something else. This is Matt Reeves then taking Batman, and he's only been doing this for two years. So, uh, what 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 is my first thing I want to talk, say about this? That is, and don't worry, there are going to be no spoilers here right now for a little while. We will give you the warning when it will be. You'll know because uh, that'll be the sound of Batman kicking the shit out of someone. (laughs) Um, But the first thing that I thought of that I wanted to say right away is 
can anybody learn about let's not critique the Batman casting before we see it? Because <laughs> they've been wrong every time. Michael Keaton was criticized. He's great as Batman. Christian Bale was criticized. And he was Bale a, criticized? Yes, he was. Hmm. They said he wasn't big enough. Uh, and then Batman. You can work out, people! And then Affleck was criticized at the very beginning until that movie came out. And Robert Panson, you're going to get the same treatment. And I say, he just told everybody, fuck you, I'm Batman. And I'm a, a little bit of a different kind of Batman, too. So uh, I'm going to kind of give the floor to Fargo now. How are you going to start this? What? About your, about your thought <laughs> About your thought of Batman overhaul. Oh, this one? Yes. Um, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Definitely um, one of my top favorites. Um, I would say it's right up there with The Dark Knight for me. Um, I loved uh, Pat Pattinson's performance as a young Bruce Wayne that's trying to find his way. And I know a lot of people are complaining about, like, oh, well, there was no difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman in this one, like, previous iterations. But the thing is, is with this, like, I kind of get it. Bruce Wayne is still, like, struggling to figure out, like, how to differentiate being this public figure like Bruce Wayne from being the Batman. Like, right now, he doesn't even care about being a public figure, which is something that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. And he was devoted to the mission. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people aren't grasping when it comes to that. Um, and I think over time, as he gains more experience as Batman, he'll realize, especially like, Okay, we'll get to spoilers at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I feel like he's going to... Um, we're going to see more of that Playboy aspect of Bruce Wayne later on. I kind of hope not too much, though. Well, not too much, but enough to the point where people don't, like, suspect, oh, this guy's angry, Batman's angry, uh, put two and two together. Um, Zoe Kravitz, in my opinion, is the best Catwoman on screen. She was definitely the most accurate to the comics, especially if you've read Frank Miller's Year One. Like, that was just dead-on set, like, spot-on. Mm-hmm. And Zoe Kravitz has been on record saying that she loves Selena Kyle, the character, and that she's grown up loving that character. And you could tell that she was devoted to giving Catwoman justice. Mm-hmm. And Paul Dano is the Riddler, Jeez, there were some scenes that sent shivers down my spine. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of scenes that I thought, like, this guy, not to discriminate on uh, any sort of mental uh, neurological disorder, but, like, if they were trying to insinuate that Riddler was on the spectrum or anything like that, um, which I could see, and it makes me wonder if uh, Paul Dano is on the spectrum. That would make me wonder, like, if they could have gotten someone else that's actually on the spectrum for representation. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent there. It was a solid performance, um, for sure. And I like that they were kind of uh, going with this whole Zodiac Killer vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, 
especially like with this like obsession with true crime in society that we have these days. I thought that was a neat little, uh, yeah, neat little tidbit there. And Jeffrey Wright as Gordon was awesome. Yeah, Lieutenant Gordon. Yeah, for sure. But like he was well, Lieutenant Gordon when Batman yeah, was first. Yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. Right. I didn't say Lieutenant. commissioner. I I know. I just wanted people to know that it was Lieutenant, not Commissioner. Fair. Um, and um, I like that he was more involved in this than other versions of Gordon in the past, even more than um, uh, Gary Oldman's Gordon. Mm-hmm. He was just more involved in the action, more involved in interrogation. And I and I don't remember the actor's name, but the one that played in like the Tim Burton's and like the Joel Schumacher's, he was like one of the consistent actors throughout yeah. the entire thing. And I'm like, you add up, he actually does a whole lot in this. His character gets degraded, but at least he's consistent in it. Yeah. Um, um, also, Colin Farrell as the Penguin was. Uh, Freaking awesome. You didn't even need to tell me it was Colin Farrell, and I would be like, who is this? Right? Like, you couldn't tell. If this doesn't win Best Makeup for that alone, or at least nominated. I mean, that's its best chance. Yeah. Because, again, this is also an early release movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think it deserves a nomination for Best Makeup, because that was just outstanding work. Yeah. And also Colin Farrell's performance is like this. I know we classically get like a British penguin, but like I like this Brooklyn accent that he had going on there. <laughs> Almost still implying that Gotham is either like New York or Chicago. I think it was more New York. Well, I mean overall. Yeah. Throughout the Batmans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, overall the acting was great. I liked that this is establishing a grim Gotham where, honestly, would you want to live in this Gotham city? I, I've never wanted to live in Gotham. I mean, but this one compared to others in movies, like, this is a place that seems hopeless. Yeah, but I mean... I, and that has a lot to do with the fact that, like, no scenes were shot in daytime. It was either at dusk or yeah, very late at night. Which is what I heard a few people complain. They were like, I can't see anything. I'm like... It's at night! Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I'm still processing how I feel. Because, again, this is... I'm not saying that it's bad anyway. I actually really like it. I think Robert Pattinson is very good. I think the acting across the board is very good. Oh, I forgot to mention Andy Serkis. Yes, Alfred. Andy Serkis. Um, the thing that I'm pro- that I'm still processing is like I'm still like dealing with the time because, and this is only for me personally, didn't I have the best sleep the night before, and I was kind of getting a little tiredish halfway through. Also, halfway through, I had to go to the fucking bathroom. That's why you use it before, man. Or you just wear a diaper. Yeah, like Garen, <laughs> like Garen did. Wait, what? He didn't, but I, I teased about it because he's got the, the peanut bladder. Oh, yeah, that's constantly right. constantly get up. So I'm like, just wear a diaper, bro. <laughs> so, so I just have some personal things. I'm like, I feel like I need to see this again to give my full thoughts. And to be fair, I, this was the second time I saw it. Yeah. We saw it together. Um, so, But... 
I loved the noir style because this actually felt like him being a detective. That's my favorite part about it. Like, we I, had never gotten this aspect because Batman in the comics and throughout all a lot of media is said to be the world's greatest detective. And before this, when did we get that? Not hardly ever. Um, you got some like, oh, I'll dig deep into these files and hack into here, but you never got like him like investigating a crime scene like actively like mm-hmm. this guy did. And I, I only heard snippets about the about his low tech, so I was kind of curious about how that was going to look, and I did really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just liked the the look of his house because it felt like a combination of like the Nolan kind of almost castle-esque vibe outside, very fancy-ish, but inside it kind of had like a burden kind of vibe. Um, And uh, I would say, yeah, you brought Colin Farrell. I was like, I was so happy that he's kind of keeping this tradition, but when he's in a superhero movie, he'll still go over the top. Oh, yeah. Because we kind of needed that. Because this is probably the darkest, disturbing Batman movie. Because, like how you mentioned Zodiac, the three movies that I was hearing that this kind of felt like was Zodiac, Seven, and Saw. And when I saw a scene that happens with the rats... Yeah, I get the Saw thing now. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, that is the Saw connection. (laughs) Uh, I mean... I, I kind of feel what you're saying about with Paul Dano in a way, but I was like... I, I'm just terrified of this guy. Oh yeah, I'd be I'd be scared shitless of this guy. Um, I never personally found something that funny because he was just crazy and insane. No, I didn't even say anything about him was funny. It was scary as shit. Well, uh, just like a little bit of like, I I don't even know how to really say it, but I I thought he along with Jeffrey kind of stole the show as far as standing out um and that's not dissing anybody because i think everybody does very good i also like how zoe kravitz is not once called catwoman she's constantly known as selena kyle neither was uh anne hathaway i mean i okay but i've not revisited so i don't remember that um and just her given the implications that she's just a cat burglar that's all that we got of like her being known as Catwoman, and she's not a character that is looking out for herself. She's actually trying to help other people that's close to her. Right. So, which I really liked. Um, uh, the fight sequences I thought were also pretty damn good. They're not on the epicness of Batfleck, in my opinion, but they really went like the video game that. that. Uh, and this one, this one kind of tried to ride the line of that and the Dark Knight, and be perfect where it could be over, but we're not going to go over enough. We're still going to keep it. You could see it happen, right? Um, are details of the fight scenes considered spoilers? Because if so, then I'll save it for later. Uh, I, I mean, I don't really know if they are considered because they're fight sequences but there's this like sequence like some point in the movie if i describe it you'll know like he takes the grapples and like attaches them to two 
enemies, we'll say. Okay. And like he does like this freaking flip as he's going up in the air. Yeah. Like that was like I could see that happening in like an Arkham game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that was so cool to me. Um, yeah, I mean that also just the beginning fight sequence in the train station. I, uh-huh. like how I got to see that whole thing. Also, the fact that Batman actually takes hits in this shows me, like, okay, this guy isn't the seasoned veteran Batman yet. Oh, yeah. Like, he actually, like, takes punches to the head, he takes punches to the gut. Like, you can tell, like, this guy isn't there yet, but he's going to be. But the thing that I started to notice and I really appreciate is that it feels in a way... Like that, they were tr- like Matt Reeves was kind of trying to make Batman look scary to people, because he's always coming out of the dark and all, and he has like the boots. All you hear is that. I and, am the shadows. And the thing and the thing I started to really pick up on when it was always like a boot shot and we could hear it. I was like, this kind of has a western kind of vibe yeah. too. Like almost damn. Zorro because you know he, that was the thing that he saw. Mm-hmm. And he was a big fan of uh, Mr. Uh, Wood. Do you have anything? God. <laughs> Pretty much took everything. Um, I liked it. Uh, definitely on to revisit it because it was a yeah. lot to process. Um, I want to see it in a less packed theater. <laughs> yes. I uh, actually love the different aspects of Batman and Catwoman in this that I had not seen before. And like I said, going into this, I didn't know what I was going into because... It was the earlier stages, and I really liked seeing Batman flawed. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, I loved, like I said, Paul Dano. I thought he was the perfect person to play Riddler. He was, I mean, even without his getup, he terrified me. When he was just in his glasses. Oh, yeah. He terrified me, probably even you more even, so. Because you wouldn't even suspect someone looking yeah. like that of being a serial killer. Yeah. And then, like, when you find but, out... But, but after seeing Paul Dano now and things, I'm like, he should play a psychotic <laughs> yeah. killer. Oh, yeah, That's for sure. Say, for As some people I've heard said, you have a very punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, like, now that you say that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if one day he played, like, Dahmer. Uh, you know that, what? That, I think that's been touched a lot, though. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of guys he could play, but yeah, that's definitely one of them. Um, I mean, I felt like this was almost like his like tryout to be in Zodiac. Maybe just um, just take the suit and just make it green, and it's him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but we never actually see Paul Dano. That would be the thing. <laughs> also, one detail that I learned last night about Paul Dano's look was. Um, the saran wrap that he had. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, he was like, he wanted to make this as realistic as possible, like making it so Riddler would be untraceable, mm-hmm. no DNA left behind. So he said, um, I'll just put saran wrap on my head so no hair could be left behind. It was a bad idea <laughs> because it caused him to have like reactions and stuff, I heard. And they had to lessen it because it was giving him issues. And yeah, that's pretty. That's cool on his part. Yeah, the dedication. You got to commend him for that. Yeah, but it's nice that somebody were to step in and say, "Hey, dude, uh, <laughs> we we appreciate this. We have enough method actors in DC, <laughs> and we don't want you to die here on stage." Yeah, right. Because um, yeah. if you're sent to the hospital, that's going to be us losing money. <laughs> I uh, we've kind of followed in line with. 
another noir film we just recently saw. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Nightmare Alley. Oh, Nightmare Alley. Anyways, yeah. I love the noir feel about it, and I love all the darkness, all the detective stuff. I loved all that, but you know, I there's a, there was a lot, and that's not that's not an issue at all by any means. But like I said, once I watch it again, I think I'm gonna get a better feeling for it. But the soundtrack, yeah, I'm gonna t- bring that up because that was awesome. Which that's a tough tie because Batman has had very good soundtracks. Yeah. It almost felt like to me. The score was a character itself. Yeah, perfectly setting the mood. Yeah. It it was there constantly. Like, I don't think there was a scene without the score being played. It was a lot. It was in a good portion of it. Now, if I had an initial issue with me, which is kind of an issue I've had with the Nolan films sometimes, is that I had trouble hearing people talking sometimes. And now, I don't know if that's... The theater projectors. I don't know if it's an issue or something. That was just my initial issue that I had to, like, okay, I really have to listen here. Um, and I'm glad that the score was not like a Hans Zimmer thing with Nolan saying, hey, let's turn, let, let's turn this up to 10 and turn the speaking to, like, 5. I was like, why is that your decision, Nolan? I don't understand this, and it's continued. Um, but... I advocate for subtitles in theaters. <laughs> but, I mean, Matt, Matt Reeves, he's become a big director now for me because... Planet of the Apes were... The, la- the, 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 la- the last four movies he made, which the first one I'm going to say is the only one I'm like, that eh, wasn't for me, which was Cloverfield. Um, yeah, that's understandable. Like, the shaky cameras and stuff like yeah. that is enough to get motion sickness in the theaters, I bet. But... Well, that, that, I just didn't even care for the characters, too. True. Um, I'm documenting but, it. But then he did Let Me In, the remake of Let the Right One In, which I thought was a very good vampire movie. And then the last two Planet of the Apes movies. Mm. Which Wait, did he not do the first one? No, he did not. Oh, wow. It, I, I say that's like a trilogy like the original Star Wars. <laughs> George Lucas directed the first one, but then Irvin Kirshner took over and made the two better ones. <laughs> Up to debate, but he made Empire, so... Um, because he actually was a director. Yeah. Um, so, he he's not... And if he is making this trilogy that I'm hearing about, I'm very intrigued because I like that they... How they left this one. It, it is really up in the air about what could be happening. Stay tuned for the spoilers, <laughs> if you've seen it. <laughs> Um, I mean, unless you guys have anything else that you want to maybe mention before we talk about spoilers, if, if there's any personal criticisms that you have, like I did a little bit. Um, to I, me, not, not very often, but it very seldomly dragged, but mm-hmm. maybe that's just because the, the surroundings were kind of bothering me, like mm-hmm. to the... To the point where you guys weren't as close as I was, but there was a guy to the right of Russell that was coughing the whole movie. Oh my god. Yeah, you know what I had a thought of the entire time? COVID, COVID, COVID! Yeah, and I thought, I thought, I thought it was Russell at first, and he, yeah. he was sitting forward like this, and then I heard I, the coughing, and I'm like, oh, it's definitely not Russell. I thought it was either Russell or Travis. Yeah, and I was like, dude... I'm just trying to watch this. I'm just here. And I'm like, dude. Let's let's lift the mask mandate right when a big movie hits. Yeah. I don't really have any complaints. 
Um, trying to think of anything like critique-wise. Um, there is one like minor nitpick that I had when it comes to like details of like. You, that's probably something for the spoiler segment. Never mind. So uh, I'll save that critique for the spoiler segment. You'll you'll know when when they, when they get to it. Okay. Well, I get th this is everybody's warning. We are going to be diving in spoilers after this clip in three, two, chase was pretty damn awesome <laughs> yeah. that's that's the first thing i'm going to just say in this because uh i i'm going to leave some of the spoilerish things up to fargo to bring up and i'll comment because i don't know necessarily what to bring up about spoilers with this other than the fact that riddler has basically I, the thing i like that he did is that it touched on like the social media thing yeah, and I like thought him, that was pretty him, neat. him gathering followers. He's like, here's my followers. <laughs> hey, sup, guys? <laughs> it's your boy. Because we clearly have not seen that that's how this can happen. <laughs> I mean, QAnon. <laughs> it's, instead, we're just going to call it R. <laughs> Correct. Or question mark. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not going to start this one. Okay, so. so one little Easter egg I did see. You remember, like, all the calling cards? They were, like, greeting cards? Yes. So as someone who is pretty well-versed in Batman comics, I can't help but think these are teasers for villains ahead. Like, um, one of them uh, had an owl on it. Okay, so there's this storyline in... Um, I think it's from the New 52 line of DC Comics. Um, it's called uh, The Court of Owls. Yeah. Which I have heard things about. This. It's really good. Um, and Robert Pattinson wants to touch on it in a yeah. sequel. So I think we can expect that. And it also touches on you know, the corruption of the Waynes and stuff like that. So I think that would be neat. Um, there was also a mad scientist mm. on the cover of one of those cards. So like that could be, I don't know, like Freeze or Hugo Strange or um, I don't know. But like and then there was um, I think there was a woman in a swimsuit on one of them, too. And that could be any of Batman's femme fatales. It could be Harley. It could be Poison Ivy. Mm. It could be, I don't know, Talia, if they can do the Rachel Ghoul thing. That'd be interesting. Um, Would they be diving into the supernatural thing? I mean, Rachel Ghoul was in the Nolan trilogy. I know, but they did something different with him. Yeah, they did. And I think they can do something different with this. But are you going to have the hardcore fans saying, we want to have the Sarlacc pit? <laughs> the Sarlacc pit? I'm sorry. The I, Lazarus pit? That, that's, 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 that's the first pit I think of. 
You've been watching too much Book of Boba Fett, uh, apparently. Un, 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 other than Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was an interesting little possible Easter egg. I could be just crazy, but, like, I don't know. It just no. too good to be true. I don't um, what time at all on that. Uh, yeah. Um, what did you guys think of that little cameo at the end from a certain laughing villain? I... I don't know how to feel about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't either. I, I didn't, didn't even think it was Joker at first. I actually thought it was Two Face. Yeah, because his, his face was kind of you know. I, and I was also like, I've not even watched all of Gotham, but isn't that the same actor that played? No, it's no. Uh, Bradley Kilgan from uh, uh, The Eternals. Big nose. Big nose guy. <laughs> and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. The schnoz. <laughs> yeah, that's the new Joker. I, I mean, again, it's just like, we're going to bring in Joker now, okay? Because... Well, the thing is, um, Reeves has recently stated, like, that's not even just an indicator for what the sequel is going to be. I don't know what the sequel is going to be yet. Like, that's just a teaser for what could come in the future. And um, right now, they've confirmed four, um, they've confirmed three different uh, spinoff series that are going to be on HBO Max, if I'm correct. One's going to be Penguin with Colin Farrell, which I can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. Um, the other one is um, one centered around the GCPD, which the show Gotham was supposed to be, but then fans were like, we're not hearing off about Bruce Wayne, and this is a Batman origin story, isn't it? And it's just like they caved into that. Um, so that's kind of what swallowed Gotham for me because I wanted to hear more about the GCPD because we've all heard Bruce's origin story a million times. Yeah, but the thing with that is I'm like, there's so many cop shows. Yeah, but like... And, and also there are numerously times that they're corrupt. <laughs> yeah, but like, also like them dealing with future Batman villains was also very interesting in concept. I mean, I get that, but that's also another complaint that I understand from people is that we already have too many cop shows. I guess, but like, I feel like a character like Gordon is interesting enough to make it work on its own. I mean, he could. I'm just, I'm just speaking from how I would be going into. And it. also, the third, going back on topic, the third show that they've confirmed is one centered around Arkham Asylum. Which that could be interesting. Yeah, so like we're gonna get like possible other villains introduced. And this is though them also kind of doing a little bit of a Marvel thing though, where if these are all connecting, they're shows that we have I mean, to watch. D I mean DC's already doing that with the DCEU with Peacemaker. I mean, yeah, true. That was their first step. They're like, okay. This is the step. We're trying to do this. Is everybody on board with it? If we now throw in three other shows that you're going to have to know in order to see these other movies, are you going to be okay with this? Like, it, it's going to be a test to people. And I think more often than not, the Marvel movies, at least, they make it so it's, a, that it's bearable to watch them without knowing what happens in, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like that. So I think that Matt Reeves will be able to handle it. Uh, but is Matt Reeves going to be yeah, part of that's, those? That's what I'm interested in. Is uh, well, I mean, he's the, one who, um, he's the one who's, like, greenlit these ideas. I can see him helping. Yeah, at least having, like, creative oversight. At least 
have creative oversight yeah. over it. And, and is this something that he does want to dedicate a chunk of his career to? I mean, who wouldn't want to? But there, there's directors like him that I see that are like, I want to go back and do something else. I mean, he did. He didn't. He he made two great movies in the franchise that was set up, but he's like, I'm not dedicating like 20 years of my life to this, um, because if you sign that pen to paper, you're gonna be on the ground floor of this. I mean, Batman is so much more iconic than Planet of the Apes, in my opinion. Yeah, but is he gonna get tired of being structured to that IP? Um. I guess I, I, can't, for, I can't speak for him. That's up for him to decide. I'm just going based off of what I know that he has made because he started out with a small movie that made it big, and then he took on a remake, and then he took on a giant franchise. So now he's took on a giant IP. Right. Is he going to get burnt out? Um. I guess that's up for him to decide. We can't really like say that like yeah. right now. Um, but we know that James Cameron has no problem dedicating half of his life to Avatar. I mean, yeah, apparently Avatar 2 is coming out this year. That's what they're saying. And he wants to make two more. <laughs> On topic here. <laughs> we'll save that rant for another time. Um, Falcone. I'll bring him up. Falcone. I did not know he was in this. <laughs> I thought that... Okay, so it's been hinted at a lot that he and Selena Kyle okay. are related in the comics and that he is Catwoman's father. And I'm glad that like they hit upon that in this as well. Because it really we Falcone was or Falcone, like it's pronounced either way in multiple different things. Um, I've always known it as Falcone, but ever since Gotham hit it's been Falcone. Um uh, my thing with uh, Falcone, that he was just Michael Torturo, like even John, John, John Torturo. Yeah, his brother's Michael. I, I, I did not know he was in this. I didn't know he was Falcone. As soon I as, knew, I, and as, I, soon heard, as I saw him, <laughs> not as soon as I saw him, as soon as I heard his voice. Yeah, you always know it's John Torturo when you're. I was like, voice. oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. yeah um, even. I, I was actually sort of intimidated by him. Oh, yeah. Bit. His his speaking can be so intimidating. It's very mobster-ish, and you can yeah. tell, like, he's like... He, he could be in The Godfather, you know? And He has done movies, like, dealing with the mob. Yeah, and you could clearly tell. Um, but I like that they touched on him being Selena's father, and he's always... The character's always... He's been in previous Batman films. Like, he was in Batman Begins, but he was just a very minor character. Yeah. And I'm glad that they made him more involved because he was essentially one of Batman's first villains when he first started because it was Batman just trying to take out... Um, trying to take out organized underground crime. Mm -hmm. And um, Falcone was a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that they touched more on that. Like, a lot of people will say that there's too many villains in this, but, like, I thought they made it work just fine. It's not like they all took up too much time. They, to me, that they they took up the right amount of time that they were supposed to be in the story. Mm -hmm. 
nobody overstayed their welcome, but they also made themselves memorable in mm-hmm. a different way. Like Fa- like Falcone, it was very intimidating, and you know, John Turturro Tatur- was great as that, and also at spewing probably very important exposition to get out in the story, but doing it kind of naturally. Didn't mm-hmm. feel like he was giving a speech. Right. And then you have the complete opposite with the Penguin, who they let go over the top and let Colin Farrell do whatever he wanted almost. And I'm like, good, because we need this balance. Because, And a thing that we actually did not touch up on, this actually was surprisingly funny sometimes. Oh, yeah. That scene where... <laughs> After uh, Gordon and Batman catch him and like they leave him there and he's like waddling around saying like Hey, I'm still here. Like he's like sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> You're sons of bitches. I I I immediately though had a joke of like saying for a uh, Jeffrey Wright as Gordon when they pulled a the thumbnail. <laughs> oh yeah. He's like oh hey. damn it. And he's and Batman looks at him and he goes. Key fob, and when I panned over to Jeffrey, I was like, "Thumb I want, drive, uh, yeah, thumb drive." I wanted to pause it at Jeffrey and just to go, "Oh, you got jokes now." <laughs> <laughs> and even even him, this guy's kinda, hilarious. <laughs> he he, he kind of threw in, maybe not intentional joking, but a little bit when he's like, "I don't even know your name." <laughs> yeah, two years, two years I've known you, and I don't even know who you are. <laughs> And then, oh, also, like, the scene where he tells Batman to punch him. Batman punches him, and he's just like, you couldn't have pulled your punch, yeah. and Batman was just like, like I, I did. did. Damn. You, you listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that was, like, the one question I was, though, having with the police force. Like, yeah, Jim Gordon's like, everybody get out. I'll deal with this psychopath that shares the butt bat. I'm like, nobody's going to stay in here? Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, that's just the amount of respect that Gordon commands in the GCPD. I mean, I just knew that he was not the head, so I didn't know that he could do that. Or if everybody trusts him so much. Um, and I do like that they showed that there were cops that were not on the payroll. Mm-hmm. There actually were ones that were willing to help and stuff. Even if they were kind of like, I still have to get over the fact that I am dealing with a giant bat. Like, Hey, you're not supposed to be here. And he just stares at him. And he's like, okay. Also, also that scene after he punches Gordon where he just runs away. Like, I love that because in a more experienced Batman probably throws like a smoke bomb and like escapes through a window or something. No, this guy just like he darts for it, like pushes people out of the way. It's like, Whoa, this guy's like inexperienced as hell. And I could even tell on his face that he actually was kind of scared a little bit. Yeah, like when he's over the ledge and he's like, oh. He's like, oh, he's like wait. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when like the bridge, like he crashes into it, it's just I, like, oh man, this guy is. That's the kind of stuff that I liked in it though. Yeah, that it shows like he's not perfect. You know, it was my first thought though when that happened. Huh, there's an Iron Man sequence right there. <laughs> Tony, crash. <laughs> and it did have that same actual Iron Man feel vibe to it when the, the camera was getting right, right above him when he was kind of flying. Yeah. I kind of reminded me of Iron Man. Like, the, the picture kind of had it, like, up to here where it was, like, over his, like, uh, horns. That was about it. Yep. His ears. His ears, sorry. Um, yeah, uh... 
Batman and Selena Kyle's relationship. How do we feel about that? I thought the chemistry was great. I, although I will say, I thought it was kind of weird that um, Selena was calling Annika baby all the time. And I thought like it was supposed to be a relationship, but then they totally just like, oh, we're just roommates. And I know, yeah. and I thought it was kind of weird. Like, they're, I, they're, like they're, why call her baby? Because okay, like, well, if they were dating, I would find it really off. That, Can I finish, please? Okay, okay. <laughs> That's a very good point to bring up, but okay. But, like, like if they were dating, I would have found it, like, suspicious that Selena would be like, oh, no, my girlfriend died. Oh, hi, it's a sexy bat. Not even, like, a, a week later. Like, she would have gotten over that pretty quickly. So I think, like, they could have done without, like, the baby part. Like, maybe if they said, like, babe or something like that. Because I know, like, girls call each other babe but never, like, baby okay, all well, the time. Well, and here's my point. I know there are ones that call them baby. I, I've heard so much. And it's just a loving endearing. Yeah, but at the same time, like, the way, like, she was touching her face in the apartment and it looked like... probably she had a bruise. No, like, when she came home... Like that, she, that's also how you can convey somebody to please calm down. But also at the same time, that I, the I body just, language was there that they were. I don't think we need to put that though out there that that, that they were having a relationship or not. I don't think we need. Well, to... it looked like at least a little bit of like this could be a thing. I mean, it could have been. It could have been, but they. I think if they were it. going to. Because she, I do know that they said, she said, like, oh, she's just a kid. They could have played it off, like, more like they're sisters than they're possible. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of fine with how they went about it, and I never thought anything like that. I didn't really think about it, honestly. So, I, I you, you brought it up, I didn't even think about it. Um, I, I, I was kind of like... Also, Zoe Kravitz did confirm in an interview that Selena is bisexual. Okay. So, like, again, like, and I heard that before I saw this movie. So I thought, like, that's going to be a detail in this movie. And I thought, like, when that happened, after I heard her say that, I thought, like, oh, this is probably why she said that. And then... Well, but that also can lead into, like, how... And this is just an example off the top of my head, like, Disney and somebody coming out saying, like, we have a gay character in here. And we're barely gonna, we're just gonna barely reference it just to get it out there in the IP. And I'm like, you, you really don't need to announce the this. You beast. beast. Well, one example, um, but it's just like it comes off as you trying to confirm and trying to get a certain demographic in there. It well, doesn't, I mean, Selena's all. I mean, Selena's also bisexual in the comics. Okay, but if you are not somebody that's familiar with that, is that gonna detract from this? No. And again, I I'm don't, just saying, like, I don't feel like we needed to know that. Well, I'm not saying we needed to know that either. I was just saying, like, that was just a little bit of a. I found it to be a little misleading, and I know that other people have complained about it too. Okay, well, all I can state, all that we apparently can state is that we never really thought about that, and I'm not even like trying to argue here. It's just like a. I'm not. I'm not saying you're arguing. I'm just saying, okay, if you feel like that, all I'm saying is that me and Nick here have said that we never had a feeling like that. So, 
I didn't really think about it, to be honest. I'm just saying, friends don't call friends baby all the time. We can't. We don't know what everybody calls their friend. It's not common. <laughs> I don't care. We don't know what everybody calls their friend. I call my friends baby. Do yeah. We? Well. <laughs> I can't help it. Okay, let's go on to another thing here. Um, what did you think of like the riddles that were like in place? Oh, like, were you able yeah. to solve them as they were being said, or would you have not been able to solve them? I'm probably not right away, but if I thought I had time to think, maybe. But along the lines with that, I definitely really loved the trap. Well, would you consider them traps? The saw aspect of it, the yeah, mouse, or the rats or whatever, that, and then the uh, the bomb. Yes, I thought that stuff was really cool, and that the way they incorporated it with uh, Riddler was great. I, oh yeah, I Riddler that. had like shades of um, Heath Ledger's Joker with the way he like shouted at times, like through a muffled voice on a phone mm-hmm. or a video recording. Like I thought that was a pretty neat homage, if it was meant to be an homage. Um, I mean, it could have been. Also, there's just we've seen crazies right. shooting, but and also it kind just of like like that. Yo, <laughs> his prolonged words, yeah. Yeah, his yeah. prolonged words were yeah. hilarious. Not hilarious, <laughs> intimidating. It was, it, was, it was good. You're <laughs> you're bringing me back to Freddy got fingered with that one. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the the devices were. I want to know where he's getting all this stuff. I hope they touch on that. As we call, we, we call him Zodiac this whole time. We're definitely Zodiac-esque, and I think... No, I mean, like, all these, like, explosives and yeah, bombs. And all shit. the stuff that he... You can make them. The, I, I guess, but, like, I just want to know, like, where he got the resources. I don't know if, like, he had, like, a Patreon because he's on social media, or... Only fans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright. <laughs> he's got the mask that kind of looks a little bit like he's into like the like gimp. Yeah. Oh, okay, well he clearly had followers. Mm. What do those followers have that probably could have donated to him? Probably. They clearly also had guns. Yeah, I thought that was like, oh wow. I'm like, well, no wait. Everybody apparently has guns. I, I can buy this. <laughs> and also, like, the open comments on there yeah. saying, like, guns ready or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, no one saw this? Like, no one scoured the internet? This had to be on the dark web. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they couldn't even access it. So yeah, it, definitely on the dark it, web. It was probably, like, one of those things where it was, like, a live feed on the dark web, and then as soon as it got done he put like a secure wall over it or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that really works, but because me and technology, not the best. <laughs> of course, a lot of the times the traps were for the people and then he used the people mm-hmm. in the traps mm-hmm. to get his way, which I, I love that stuff, man. Also, um, this is a minor gripe that I had with um, the camera angles being shot of the mayor with um, that lady. They were all taken from the same angle, and I felt like that was something that Batman could have um, picked up on, saying, like, these are all from the same angle, meaning it was probably taken 
from somewhere well, at he, that angle. He also, though, didn't realize that maybe the flying rodent was him in that uh, Spanish thing. Yeah, but the flying rodent turned out to be Falcone. I mean, yeah, but he was also like, oh, it could be a bat. I feel like that was just a I feel like that was just a penguin throw like it could be you or whatever. Like I don't think there was anything like really meant to say like Batman's the rat. Um I, I just feel like again, like I kind of attribute this to Batman being new to Yeah, that's why I let some mistakes go. Yeah, like he's new to it, so I can forgive like the camera angles all being from the same direction and Batman not picking up on that because you know an experience um, but I just thought like that was something I picked up on and um, I really appreciated um, although I did appreciate that he was much more of a detective than other iterations of Batman like when he was like um, I think he was the one that pointed out that most of his blood loss was from his hand. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, that was really cool, and that's when I was like, oh, <laughs> he's actually a detective in this. He was noticing stuff on the floor. Yeah, multiple, exactly. Multiple things. In yeah. Floor. Also, like, I love that little point of humor where there was, like, chain of evidence, and then Gordon's like, it's wearing gloves. <laughs> well, but I did, I did like one joke I heard somebody say like when he like does walk in there he's like this is actually the first time I understand the cops though because you got a guy walking in here with these boots on and a cape <laughs> he could easily swash evidence. <laughs> what a freak! <laughs> like, did you really want to say that out loud, you dumbass? <laughs> this, this might be your favorite time of the. This must be your favorite day of the year. Happy fucking Halloween. Like, that's what you chose to use the F word on in a PG-13 movie. I mean, they stretched the PG-13 everywhere else. True. I mean, because I like how you didn't see anything sometimes. I was just like, he has this, and then that's cut. And I'm like, oh, I'm now thinking it. Mm -hmm. Like, much like Seven and stuff like that. So, uh, hmm. I like the use of the contact lens. Oh, yeah. that was awesome. I, I that was cool. That was so cool. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie, actually. Like, I was just like, that's actually really clever. Yeah. And then the whole, the whole interaction between him and Catwoman the whole time. Oh, yeah. It was good. It was also, sick. like, <laughs> the DA just looking like he was tripping balls. Yeah. Oh, he, well, he was. <laughs> I know he was. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even need alcohol to be tripping balls for Zoe Kravitz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was just like, ugh. I mean, his eyes, dude. Well, yeah, they were glazed dialing. over about three times. He was like, <laughs> I was like, dude. <laughs> also, when I think of drops, I think of like lemon drops. I was like, is that what they're... Are they taking pieces of candy and coating them with drugs and then having them at a bar? I think it was like uh, like contact lens drops. People oh. That's what I was thinking. But I don't know. It, it looked really weird, though. As there, I don't know. It was hard to see. I liked how there was, like, there was just this small thing I noticed just because it was like a light going by it. Uh, so, like, one of the first criminals that we see in, like, the 
what would it be? The beginning when it's like, oh, the bat signal is up, and he has like a, was it like a fruit or an onion? Oh, mask it was yeah. a lime. It was a lime. Was it really? I think it was a lime. It was weird looking. Yeah, it, it was, was some sort of like, yeah, fruit or vegetable. Yeah. Um, but he like robs the convenience store, mm-hmm. and he like you know sees it. And he gets yeah. freaked out. But there's at one point where like a strobe light goes over like a wall, and I saw that same mask like. You know, with a thing going over like none of this, so I was like, "Is it is, is is that like a gang that is like trying to get known?" I'm like, "And why are you wearing those fucking masks? That has to make it difficult." <laughs> I mean, it was Halloween, so do they come out every once a year? <laughs> you never know. I'm like, and also, I just think back to like the Django Unchained kind of thing. Like, I can't even see in this. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're gonna have to convince a whole lot of people wear this. True. Like, um. And uh, did I? And that was like another thing I did like is that it kind of establishes like that like atmosphere and aura that people have whenever they see the signal. Like, I. And he also does mention I can't be everywhere, so I can't save everything. Which I'm glad they mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's the same way with Spider-Man. It's like you can't... You do, people think you can be everywhere at the same time. You can't. And maybe that'll point to a future Robin. Maybe. <laughs> oh, possible. One thing I do want to mention, that gang at the beginning, that one kid that was like hesitant yeah. to do anything, I feel like he's going to be important later on in the movies. Because think about it. like They put so many shots on him. He was like... Very hesitant to do everything. He was very unsure of himself and what his fellow gang members. Oh, oh, whoa! Shit! Technical difficulties! Yeah. Sorry about the technical difficulties there. Okay. Uh, anybody else got anything they want to bring up? I uh, definitely wanted to bring up the, the point where, you know, Bats was at his lowest and he was like, oh, okay. Has his thing of adrenaline just pumps it into his leg and I, I know Fargo noticed this and you probably did too yeah. it was the same stuff as Bane injected into himself or was injected well, into him possibly I think it was I I don't know I, it's kind of hard to have Bane in a universe like this I feel I just maybe thought, that was a little I, nod I just Might thought of, I just thought of oh adrenaline yeah and I thought like people are gonna think like that's random all of a sudden he has this I was like well, no, that could have been something that he developed because, like, that scene in the church when the bomb goes off and he's just like, ugh. ugh. And, um... Well, he, he's he's known to have, he's, like, gotten to that point physically and he knows that he needs, like, something. Yeah, he probably figured that off, like... It'll probably be, like, a deleted scene or something like that. But, like, um... He probably figured... Uh, well, that can't happen again. Me being just knocked out cold and suddenly I'm in the GCPD and people want to unmask me. Can't let that happen again. So I'm just going to have some adrenaline for when I'm just like dazed. Well, I think, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe I missed this because you've seen it twice. But when he was in the police station, I don't think he shot himself with it, though. I think he just woke up. No, that's what I mean. That's He wants to avoid that in the future. And I And I also think with... Alfred being the one that has taught him so much of these stuff, like fighting and things like that. He's like, oh, yeah, when you're, like, kind of, like, woozy and kind of down and can't get up, 
hey, shot of adrenaline, that'll help you. Yeah, that's probably something that they determined like after that GCPD scene. Maybe, I don't know. That's my theory. I, I feel like that is something that Alfred probably could have taught him. Yeah, that's my theory. He probably but, taught him about that like after the GCPD scene. Which kind of does bring it back to one character we've not talked a lot about, that's Alfred. Yeah, <laughs> and, he was and, great in this. I mean, Andy Serkis is just the, great in everything. And Matt was, Reeves. Yeah. And Matt Reeves is like, hey, I worked with you in the Apes movies. You want to be Alfred? <laughs> He's like, oh, sure. Do I, do, I, do I have to have, like, the balls on me All again? All the mogul mo like, stuff. No, this, no. Is not, this is not computer generated. You can be you. <laughs> like, oh. You like when I was in Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. Even though I did have a CGI arm, but the whole rest of me was me. So yeah. he probably was happy about that. Probably. Um, I thought he was very well done as Alfred, um, especially as like a um, an Alfred that I can imagine helping Bruce learn how to fight. Because, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I can't imagine Michael Caine teaching Christian Bale how to fight. <laughs> Let's be real. How to be proper. How to be proper. Um, Mark Mike. I mean, because he, he was, like, decoding the thing even long before Bruce even tried. Yeah, and it took Bruce, like, just seconds to be able to do it. Um, I like that that aspect. But I, I also like how they had, like, the conversation, like, after, like, when he got back and stuff. And then he's like, go go shower up and stuff. And he's then, like, coming down the stairs and just like, doo -doo -doo -doo. there's, like, this all music playing and stuff. There's fresh berries over there. Oh, yeah. I thought that, that was cool. Laugh. <laughs> and, he, and keeping up with, I'm a nocturnal thing, the sun hits him. He's like, sunglasses. <laughs> right? I thought that was pretty neat. Um, also, like, the fact that he was telling Bruce, like, like, hey, this is your family's legacy here. Like, he's trying to convince him that he is a Wayne, and I like it. The uh, cufflink scene a lot. Mm -hmm. I just I just like how they finally connected at the end. Yeah, well, mostly because it it felt like something like that I had seen before because I thought like you know they were gonna go like the whole you are my father and stuff like that and so now I'm like, but I kind of like that they didn't go with that dialogue. Mm -hmm. It felt a little bit more natural mm -hmm. and just. Like we're just gonna hold hands. Although, like that one scene where he's like, "You're not my re my uh, father," I was like, it sounded like a little teenager talking to their stepdad, just like, "You're not my real dad." But he kind of is. He's. I I know. I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Like a like a kid that listens to Lincoln Park or something, just being like, "Shut up, Paul. You're not my real dad." <laughs> This feels weird because one of us did listen to Lincoln Park and that knows several Pauls. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to Lincoln Park. How many Pauls do you know? A few. Are they family members? No. Boom. Oh, I totally didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. That was totally by chance. In fact, one of them just had their birthdays. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Paul. <laughs> hey, Paul! Um, anybody else got anything real quick before we go to our... Grading. No? Okay, I guess I'll start. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I have a feeling that it's one that I'm going to actually end up liking more that when I think about it and when I get a chance to finally see it again. 
Because again, there's a whole personal setting issue for me with how I'm trying to grade this film. Um, Comes to streaming April 19th, everybody. Which might be the next way I might watch it. Uh, because I don't want to be in another packed theater. One day before my birthday. You should just tell them to make it your birthday. What? You should just tell them to make it your birthday when it starts streaming. <laughs> it's, just, it's one day. And you, and you know what? You could celebrate by watching it on that day, but then on your actual birthday, you can celebrate 420 by watching Batman and Robin. <laughs> hey, it's colorful. I think I'd rather, like, I think I'd rather, like, end up like Harvey Dent at the end of The Dark Knight. Okay, anybody got gasoline? <laughs> no, no, at the end of The Dark Knight, meaning dead. Oh. <laughs> odd. Wow, that actually is the little bit of darkness joke that Damon would have brought. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, right now, as it stands, I think the acting is great overall. I like the direction. I like the way that it looked. Um... May have some pacing issues somewhat to me, but again, that might change when I watch it again. And I just love that Robert Pattinson is really breaking out and proving all these wrong sayers wrong. So I'm going to give it an A- right now. I'm going to also give it an A-. Uh, Robert Pattinson is really impressing me with like him being his ability to brood and his ability to portray someone in great pain for several years, a broken person. Mm -hmm. Um, to, again, Zoe Kravitz to me is what Selena Kyle is like her portrayal of Selena Kyle, in my opinion, is the most accurate depiction of her that we've had on screen so far. Paul Dano as the Riddler Chilling performance, especially near the end, in that scene between him and Batman in the glass. Kind of like close to the Bale and Ledger interrogation scene, if you ask me. Um, Jeffrey Wright loved his portrayal as Gordon, loved that he was more involved in working with Batman. Um, loved the uh, more, the heavier focused um, mob aspect and just like the feel of it being a noir detective story. Again, the fact that Batman's a detective here is awesome and I've been wanting to see that in a Batman movie for some time. Um, I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Um, I felt like the runtime was a little long, mm -hmm. but I still had a fun time with it either way. Like, it didn't feel too long, but, like, then I looked at the clock after the movie, and I was like, oh. <laughs> um, that's just my minor gripe with it. A minus. Um, yeah, I liked it as well. I liked the acting. Um, like I said, I liked the soundtrack. Um, it might be because I'm not as, as used to seeing this Batman. You know, I'm just used to him being everything else, and this is a different side of him. And then, like I said, some of the pacing was kind of down for me. But I, I, I had to watch it again. It, there was just a lot for me. But right now, I'd give it a B plus. Okay. All righty. And this is our because before this, there was only one other movie that was like, if I was asked, what's your favorite movie of the year? I'm like, well, it might be Beat because the next one would probably be one that was just fun time. 
Oh my! And this was and this was and this was anything but a fun time. I mean, I had fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, guess we will get to another thing of because we have seen other things besides Batman, but we know we wanted to get Batman his quote justice. <laughs> um. Uh, who who knows? But the hopefully the future, I guess, gets brighter for Batman. But it's Batman, so should it get bright? Oh, it's brighter, yeah. <laughs> it's probably gonna get I'll even more dark. dark and disturbed. Yeah. And this was already that dark and disturbed. Hey, he has hope now. He's a symbol of hope, not vengeance anymore. <laughs> yeah. But what villains <laughs> will come out now? So. Uh. Guys, if you guys feel like giving your send-offs and your... If you want to give out your socials, go ahead. Uh, Instagirl is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is uh, B-Town Fat. Um, Twitter is at Nick Fargo. Nick underscore Fargo, I should say. Um, Facebook, Nick Fargo. Uh, TikTok... Okay. At Nick Fargo. <laughs> and uh, that's about it. Uh, Twitter, Nickers Chicken. My OnlyFans is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, say, I'll save that for big, another time. Big, big Wheezy Wood. It's under construction at the moment. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Is it a, is it a foot thing? It might be it might be a booty thing. <laughs> when he said foot, I thought maybe like the Foot Clan. Uh, no. Shredder has an only. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. Um, it's a foot fetish one. You want to find me on Twitter? I'm at Guy. You want to find him on OnlyFans? I no. <laughs> um, I don't have enough fans to get that. That sounds like something Damon would say. And he's gonna thank me for saying that. <laughs> um, Ian Novak on Facebook. I don't give a shit about Instagirl, Instagram, whatever. <laughs> Uh, if you have enjoyed this, please subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, and if you want to help out and be a supporter, go to the Anchor and be a supporter there. I'm not going to force it on you because this is not my job. So if you feel like, though, thank you very much. Uh, give us your money! Give us your money! Give us your money! Give us your money! Or Fargo will not shut up. <laughs> He'll just come to your face and just go, give your money. <laughs> Or I'll just show up in a Batman costume and be like, Where's the money? Where's the almighty dollar? Uh, Where were the other drugs going? I want to make a reference, but nobody's going to get the joke. Because <laughs> it's only between me and a friend. But if he's listening, where's the second city? <laughs> Chicago? No, they say they're first. <laughs> um, until then, next time, guys. See you around. And hopefully still continue to be smart and safe out there. Bye.